It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off-limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to episode 86 of Two Goalies, One Mike. I am Dwayne. I'm sorry you were without Cully tonight, but um, unfortunately, couldn't make it stuck on the ice as per usual. But uh, fear not, we have producer Steve uh, making uh, his first appearance here in a while. Steve, how are we uh, How are we doing tonight, man? How has it been? Uh, you know, living the dream. Uh, you know, got to go to that uh, Avs game on Saturday. That was... Uh, that was the most energy I've seen in the stadium all year. That's that's for sure. Like that that aside from the home opener against the Habs, where we won like what five one, the building has not been louder since. It was it was a pretty intense uh, pretty intense evening. I know we're gonna get into that a little bit later, but uh, it was a real good time. Yeah, um, it's been very uh, up and down for the Buffalo Sabers. Hundred uh, percent. You saw a phenomenal effort against Colorado uh, a few days ago, uh, that you know kept kept it, left us wanting more. You saw that uh, a miss a miss uh, penalty call uh, against Rasmus Dahlin late in the third that uh, you know ended up costing us in the end. Um, and then obviously, kind of you know some some shortcomings in net for Buffalo from uh, Dustin Tokarski. Uh, early on really cost Buffalo quite a bit. And then obviously, you know, let's not try and get into what happened yesterday uh, against uh, Columbus, which was an absolute yeah. seven to three shellacking. Yeah. Um, to, to Karski's credit, he did kind of settle his game down after that first period. He let into those a uh, couple of softies, but he did kind of seem to get control of his game after that. Uh, one of, the, I think one of those two goals was the one that kind of like bounced over his head and fell directly yeah. behind him. Like, that's one of those act of God goals. Like no one's, no one's stopping that. That's, that's like something out of space jam. Like that's yeah. a fluke, but, uh, Unfortunate. It, but yeah, there was, there was, I think there was a real soft five hole goal. Like the first one he let in, you got to stop those, but he was, you know, that first period, it, it was that it was the biggest, uh, mark we've had against Tkarski's game, but he's not feeling it. He tends to swim in the crease a little bit. And when he starts swimming, sometimes he ends up in the deep end and, uh, it costs him, you know, it definitely dead. Yep. But uh, before we get into all that, obviously some huge news 
uh, coming down in the last couple hours uh, while uh, being interviewed on After the Whistle with Andrew Peters and Craig Reve. Uh, Elliot Freeman reports that he fully expects uh, former first overall pick uh, in 2021, Michigan defenseman Owen Power will indeed sign with the Buffalo Sabres come spring at the end of the uh, NCAA college hockey season. Yeah, that's uh, that that is enormous news. news. Very big news. Yeah, um, it'll it'll be really interesting to see if we could get a couple games in this year with the current squad we have. Obviously, a lot of the people that are currently uh, manning our blue line will likely not be there next year. You know, we're thinking people like Robert Hag, Colin Miller, if he ever gets back from being injured in time to play before the deadline. Um, there's a question mark over the head of a guy like Jacob Bryson. Uh, you know, Will Butcher's obviously injured too, but I definitely don't see him making a return next year. So, you know, of, I think, realistically, I think there's only like three people that are signed through to next year, and that's Darlene, Yoki Haru. I think Fitzgerald has one more year on his ELC. I believe Samuelson might actually be an RFA this offseason. I'd have to double-check that. So of the core that we have, it would be nice to see where Owen Power fits in that framework because, you know, that's going to, you know, help help the team answer a lot of questions of uh, what do we do? I mean, obviously Owen Power is just going to be security on the left-hand side. So obviously what you do is uh, secure that right side. But uh, given, how, you know, depending on how strong Owen Power is or if they try some sort of potential, you know, pairing where Darlene is on Owen Power's right, you know, right side. And then you just have that powerhouse duo as one full pairing. Um, you know, it'll help the team answer a lot of questions, you know, help him get in the room, introduce himself, you know, learn the, learn the lay of the land from uh, the core, the core of young kids that are uh, part of the future and not the other half of the roster that has a big question mark over its head. The question mark is probably going to be ended with a period of thanks for playing. See you around. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's exciting. Um, I, I look at, I look at what he's done so far that he's having a Hobie Baker like season in Michigan. Um, he played very, very well, logged the most minutes for the most part, uh, on team Canada at the Olympics. Um, you know, and then obviously Canada came up short, uh, as did the team, team USA, Finland taking home gold. Um, team Russia silver and the big surprise was Slovakia uh, GM by former Buffalo Sabre uh, and favorite Miro Shatan uh, taking home the bronze, which, I mean, if you saw any of the videos uh, on Twitter or really anywhere, uh, that was a huge, huge deal for uh, that country. Uh, yeah. I, I think there was just, it, it might've been the first time they've ever meddled or at the very least the first time in a long time uh but yeah you know i mean we all knew that at least the men's tournament was not a best on best this year mm -hmm. but even so for decades now it's been usa and canada battling for the top two spots sometimes russia sneaks in there but yeah more often than not you, you know it's john cena versus randy orton like we know who we're going to see we know who we can reasonably expect to be the main event and that's usually what it is but uh, yeah, it was definitely a much different tournament this year uh, for you know any number of different reasons. But uh, 
it was kind of cool to see, uh, you know, of the games that I was able to see when they weren't on at like 7 a.m. on a work day. Uh, it was cool to see, uh, you know, I think I caught the, uh, I believe that, yeah, that Slovakia game was, uh, yeah, that was early Saturday morning before I went to the, uh, before I went to the Avs game, I was able to catch that on cable. It was pretty fun to see them win their, uh, win their first medal in a long, long time, if not ever. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it was uh, it definitely uh, really, really cool to see. Um, huge, 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 uh, you know, success for them in that country. A couple clicks for Slovakia. Um, and, uh, you know, I, you know, I tried my best to watch the Olympics this year. I mean, I caught some, I caught some of it, but, you know, the time change, it was, it made it very difficult. So I didn't really watch many games in their entirety. Uh, it was more or less like 50 to 75% of games. Normally I caught the end when I was able to. Uh, especially if I was working, if I am working, it was more difficult than anything, but, um, you know, obviously we got the expected matchup of team USA versus team Canada for the women's tournament. That was really fun to see. I know, uh, you know, in losing Brianna Decker before the tournament really even started, uh, that was a huge blow for team USA, but they, they were dominant, uh, in the round Robin and the, uh, the games leading into the, uh, the gold medal game and, you know, just came up short against team Canada, but, you know, not taking it. Both those programs have come such a long way over the last decade, and they're really starting to put women's hockey on the map. Um, I don't. I don't think it's very. Um, you know, I don't think it's it, it's very ignorant of me to say that uh, that that game, that rivalry, is one of the best rivalries of all of sports because those are two teams that genuinely, genuinely hate each other. Uh yeah, it's uh. Yeah, it's kind of how uh, Ottawa and Buffalo kind of seem to be. Uh, uh, Not too sure what that means, but uh, Mr. Tiny Corn Dog chiming in. Uh, so somebody's a uh, champion alert, gold yeah. medal alert, something like that. I think that's what that is. Getting uh, the big belt. Something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming <laughs> well, that's what that is. Mr. Tiny Corn Dog. Uh, Tiny yeah. Corn Dogs. But yeah, I mean, there's nothing like a good sports rivalry. You know, you love to see it. Like. Uh, <clears throat> When both of the teams are at the height of their power, it's fun to see Philly and Pittsburgh try to knock each other's heads off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when Buff, when Buffalo and Toronto are at the height of their power, it's nice to see them try to take their heads off. Uh, you know, the Avs and the Red Wings, that was a legendary rivalry for many, many years. That was that was a wonderful work of art over there. Uh, the California teams definitely have a little bit of animosity towards one another, just having to spend so much time in their backyard. Now the uh, – I mean, I'm in most recent memory. I mean, the Battle of Alberta. You know, even though it's on at ten o'clock, if I have the, if I have a, if I don't have a lot going on the next day, I'm definitely staying up till one o'clock to watch, watch how that goes on. I mean, that that's just like much what must watch hockey right there. Yeah, I I, I thoroughly enjoy any time those two teams uh, play each other in the women's tournaments, and uh, excited, you know to. To see again, yet yeah, I mean, sadly, you know, again, the U.S. coming up short and Canada taking home gold. Uh, but all power to them, you know. It, they they performed very well throughout the tournament. They were very just as dominant, if not more dominant, than Team USA, and you know they deserved it. You know, uh, can't sit there and look at an injury to a player like Brianna Decker and say that's the sole reason the USA lost. No, I don't think so. I think Canada was just the better team all around, and uh, you know they deserve it. Hundred percent deserve gold. Yeah, uh, same way you can't say that uh, the Sabres lost last night just because Rasmus Dahlin was out of the lineup. Definitely didn't help. But no, uh, didn't help. Columbus came to play a hockey game, and Buffalo 
I'm not exactly sure what they were doing, but it definitely was not the same game that they were playing against the Avalanche the night before. Definitely was, not. Uh, that was that was that that was as close as we got into that night and day, you know. This is a team that I'm willing to pay money to go watch live and just oof, we've got a lot of fucking work to do. Oof. Couldn't couldn't agree with you more. It was a big oof. And again, I again Owen Power and Devin Levi representing uh Team Canada uh at the Olympics. And um you have uh you have you know Owen Power again, as I stated before. Played very, very well uh, for Team Canada. Logged over 20 minutes a game um, and, uh, you know, had one point in five games. But I don't think you're really taking, you know, how he performed, you know, points-wise and judging him based solely on that. Um, it's uh, It was just really, you know, refreshing to see a guy like him uh, perform as well as he did defensively. Um, I know uh, when we had Chris Peters on, uh, our last episode of Two Goalies, one Mike, that he mentioned that he struggled a bit against Team USA, and the one game that, that in the matchup against Team USA that they lost, I believe, it was four to two. Uh, he saw he's noticed some struggles with, with Owen Power in that game was probably his probably his worst performance, but he didn't even call it a bad performance. He just noticed, uh, and I did too, uh, a couple, a few little bit of shortcomings, maybe a little bit hesitancy, hesitancy with the puck. Uh, so, but overall, a great performance for Owen Power. And like we said, again, we expect him to sign with us here in the spring, having a Hobie Baker like season, uh, before leaving for the Olympics in 24 games, he had 26 points. It's over a point a game per player. Um, does him leaving for the Olympics hurt his chances at the Hobie Baker? Um, I don't know. I, I would, I would think possibly same thing with Devin Levi, who, um, I'm not sure. Did Devin even, I don't think Devin even got. Devin did, no, Devin did, did not get a game. start. He did not get did a Pasquale, start. Did Pasquale got, uh, get the start, for, I believe, for Canada in that uh, in that final game? Yeah, I believe yeah. he might have. Yeah, I believe he did. See, I don't, you Dev, know. Devin Levi didn't get to play. But uh, it's pro- it probably stands to reason that a lot of the other players that are up for the Hobie Baker are likely players that were also invited to the tournament because they're the best of the crop of players available for those for those respective countries uh, in the absence of NHL players there to play. Like, I mean, Matty Beneers was playing for USA, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, Team yeah. USA. You know, yeah, you so Ken Johnson representing Team Canada. Um, yeah, so, the, so these are some of the same kids in that uh, conversation where it's like they're playing some of the – they're playing some of the best hockey at the college level this year. And, you know, it stands to reason they're, you know, first round pick kind of guys, you know, it's hard. You know know who looked very, very good for, for, you know, if you're a Sabres fan in their absence over Michigan was Eric Portillo really held the fort for, for, for Michigan when you're missing literally like all your perennial all-stars, your, your future NHL, you know, talent that, you know, I think the only really bona fide stuff they had at the, remaining in the lineup was Luke Hughes and he performed out of his mind as well. Uh, you know, a couple clicks for Luke, but it's like, uh, you, you know, you were missing every pretty much everybody uh, for, you know, three of the four top picks uh, that were taken from Michigan and Eric stood on his head and performed very, very well. And, you know, kept uh, Michigan in the conversation for the first seed heading into the tournament. Um, I know me and you have been trying to plan a trip there. I know that kind of got dampered on uh, with 
the announcement of Owen heading over to Beijing for the Olympics, which sucks and everything. But, you yeah. know, maybe maybe we can still get there before the college season ends or maybe attempt to even get him uh, on for uh, one more episode of Two Goalies, One Mike, before he becomes almost entirely unattainable uh, when he signs with Buffalo, which would be a huge bummer, right? Yeah, it would, uh, it would be nice to get him on the show one more time, you know, uh, kind of. You know, because I mean, we we you guys talked to him right before uh, right before he got drafted. So like he yep. wasn't even a saber yet. I mean, it was all but certain that he was going to become a saber. But the pick had yeah, we, we, we pretty much it was like a ninety nine point nine percent certain yeah. that they were. But it wouldn't be power. the first time that Buffalo has made the non obvious pick on the board. Yeah, not not to get into any shit like that. Yeah, but, yeah Alex. But, yeah. but that but that's yeah, uh, you know, it was just like. You know, everyone's looking at me. I'm like the center of the conversation. I'm like, I'm the guy this year. And it's, you know, and I'm the guy this year in a season that felt kind of strange just because, you know, we were still deeply in COVID protocols and restrictions. And, you know, we wasn't even playing in front of an actual, you know, wasn't playing in front of crowds. So it would be really fun to have that conversation again now that he's like, played a full season in Michigan at the Yost with that hometown crowd getting to represent his country on the biggest stage hockey has to offer. And then, you know, sign your NHL contract. How you feeling, bud? Uh, I mean, I'm sure he's shaking in his boots to some extent, but I mean, from the conversation you guys had with him last summer, like I, c- I can't imagine being that poised and I'm a dude in my thirties and this kid's a teenager with that kind of poise and composure and just that kind of vision, like, damn, that kid, that kid rules. So yeah, just to see like where he's at mentally now after like so many changes have been thrown at him just this year alone and just how much crazier his life's going to get once he signs an NHL contract and probably jumps right into the league or at the very least starts playing in the AHL with, you know, certified grownups instead of fellow college kids. But I don't, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't make a start in blue and gold right away. Unless it's, you know, unless he gets off a real rocky start, I don't see him going down to Rochester anytime soon. But no. every, everything everything tracks that, you know, I mean, is he going to be worse out there than Will Butcher or Robert Hag? Absolutely not. So I don't see him getting called out of the lineup and rotated out for somebody else. No, no, so, definitely not. I don't see uh, You know, and we – seeing seen, um you know uh who was it that they rotated out for Samuels uh Sam, they rotated Samuelson out for um it was Hag it was Hag yeah I, he's gone at the deadline Hag had a terrible game Oof. um and uh you know I, I I can't buy into that oh they're rotating these guys out for the sake of keeping guys fresh no I I feel like that's more along the lines of you're trying to showcase who you plan on dealing at the deadline which is just a few weeks away and Robert Haggis, I mean, there's going to – I don't expect big splashes, but I expect there to be a very different-looking team come deadline. I expect Cody Eakin to be gone. I expect Robert Hag to be gone. Um, hopefully, Anders Bajork. I think that experiment's all but done and over with. And, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of new faces at the deadline. Um, yeah. Maybe, I mean, I, again, I, I'm not on board with bringing up everybody from Rochester just – you know, no. for the sake of bringing them up, I, I everybody knows how I feel about that. I prefer to let them continue to play in Rochester, go win some playoff games, gain that experience at the, the pro level, and then bring it to the NHL with you next year. So you know what it takes to, to a certain extent, know what it takes and 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 the cost of 
making a deep playoff run in pro hockey and, you know, going chasing a Calder trophy, because I think that in the terms of overall development and the overall longevity, longevity, long-term success of this organization is really contingent on them succeeding down there and chasing a championship. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, I mean, we know that Jack Quinn is still injured. I, I'm not sure exactly what the prognosis of him coming back is, but uh, to that end, you know, I feel like they would need to keep Quinn down in the AHL for him to <clears throat> get his legs back after sitting out from injury. And uh, until he's at that point where he feels like his game is back, it'll take a, I mean, you know, we're still seeing Casey Middlestack get his wheels back. Mm-hmm. You know, he's definitely been firing more shots. He's definitely been like more active in the plays, which is definitely good. Uh, you know, it's not like his first games back where he's just kind of like puck watching in a few, in a few pumps behind the play, which is, mm-hmm. you know, it's to be expected, but also unfortunate. You know, you you root for a kid like him because he's just – you saw that he's been putting in the work last year, and we were all set to see him finally, like, take that mm-hmm. next step this year. And I think he's played, like, maybe – I don't even know, maybe 10 games? I'm actually going to look that up right now to see exactly – yeah, he's played nine games this year. When everyone nine. else played upwards of 50. And that's – that's you know that's obviously awful for his development, but I guess this is more to say that uh, with Quinn having to get his game back down in the AHL, you know, if it takes the entire playoff series for them to win the uh, for them to win their cup down there, um, it's the Calder Cup, right? In the AHL. Uh yeah, it's the uh, the Cal- the Calder Cup. I Sorry, not Calder Trophy. Calder Trophy's Rookie of the Year. Calder Cup. Calder Cup, yes, that that's what I thought. I always confuse the two, but I just wanted to make yeah. sure the right terminology. But uh, you know, to that end, I don't see a guy like Quinn getting the call up and uh until he's got his game back. And if it takes as long as the playoff series for that to happen, then it's like, well, we're already here in the playoff series, let's try to get that cup and then bring him up after for the last couple of weeks of the regular season. And I do hope that they bring up a kid like J.J. Paterka when that happens, too. I feel like those two are kind of like, you know, part of that same package deal. Like, we want to see what we have to offer out of both of those guys. Like, obviously, Quinn's ceiling is a little bit higher than J.J. Paterka's, but J.J. has been proving himself to be as big of a point-getter down in the AHL level. I mean, with Jack Quinn out, he's, you know, far and away the biggest point-getter on the team right now. I think it's like him and Mersh are fighting for that number one spot on the squad for most points on the team. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I definitely don't think we need to call up uh, everybody. Like, we don't need to see Linus Weisbach on the fourth line or, you know, anything like that. But, you know, if we do get some call-ups, I do hope to see uh, the likes of, uh, you know, Jack Quinn back for a couple weeks. Hope to see J.J. Paterka in a sweater for a couple more weeks mm-hmm. just to really see what we've got to work with, you know. Like obviously, I don't, I don't see a kid like JJ Paterka being one of our top six forwards next year by any stretch of the imagination. But you know, if he can, if he can sit nicely on a third line uh, with either, you know, whichever one of those two centers, either Cousins or Middlestat, is uh, less on his game, who needs to take that third line role? Um, you know, JJ on one of JJ on his side. You know, that's a pretty good guy to feed the puck to or more to the point, that's a pretty good guy to feed a puck back to you. That kid can make some pretty wild passes. We know Peyton Krebs is. Absurd. Yeah. Peyton Krebs has been very, very impressive. With his vision. Ball. He's fucking absurd. I don't, that yeah. kid needs to stay in the top six. He's, yeah. yeah, yeah the, the line of Alex Tuck um, 
you know, Alex talked to Tage Thompson and Jeff Skinner is one of the hottest lines in the NHL right now. Um, obviously Tage has been on an abs has been an absolute wagon as of late four goals in the last two games. His release is one of the most deadly releases I think we've seen in Buffalo in quite some time. Um, yeah. And it's, it, it, he's been fun to watch. It's been fun to see that turnaround, uh, you know, Vienna, you know, I think a lot of the credit goes, obviously can go to Don Granado for making, being bold enough to make the switch to him at center to start the season when you know, left a lot of people scratching their heads. It's like, why would you, you know, but if you think about it in, you know, your prototypical center, the size of the player that you want and the ability, the creativity of the player. I mean, Tage does kind of fit the bill, but he just was underperforming and very underwhelming until before this year. And, you know, you saw some, shades of him turning around in Rochester before that injury last year. And then he, uh, you know, he really kind of set, set this team up, set, I don't want to say set the league on fire, but again, has really turned his career around in Buffalo this season playing center. And then obviously the addition of Alex Tuck uh, via the trade Jack Eichel trade has been a huge help on that line as well. It's turned Jeff Skinner's career around Mm -hmm. guys on pace for like 35 plus maybe even more goals. Uh, 60 points, which I thought was impossible after the departure of Jack Eichel. But, uh, you know, that's been a breath of fresh air. But you definitely need more depth down the rest of your lineup, um, more consistency on the wings. I think down down the middle, I think we're looking okay. Um, I still would like to see legitimate number one center, not saying Tage isn't capable, but, you know, how much more deadly of a player can Tage be at your second line center rather than your first line center? I just I, I think I think adding one more like a stud centerman. I mean, we had that with Jack Eichel. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, let's that's a discussion that is yeah we can you know dead. So you know you know he's in Vegas now. He's just scored his first uh, uh first goal with the Vegas goal the night the other night. Um, you know, congrats to him. Good for him. But you know, yeah, we moved on and. We have Peyton Krebs and Alex Tuck and whomever we take with those uh, two picks that we did get in the deal. And um, obviously I would expect, I mean, it, you know, it's been tough going for Vegas since, you know, since Eichel's uh, came into the lineup. I think they've lost, lost one, lost two and one, one, or you lost three and one, one. I'm not sure. Uh, I think it's they're one and two since Eichel's come into the lineup. Yeah, I mean, one of them was getting blanked out by the Avalanche. Um, but I mean, Vegas and Colorado—they've got their own thing going now. They got yeah, it's gonna be a fun. That's gonna be a they fun got their own little bit of a rivalry going on just by the proximity. But uh, I mean, yeah, uh, you know, no team is perfect. No matter how stacked you are, sometimes you have an off night. And that's not to say that losing a game one nothing is having an off night. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, losing one nothing to another team that's argued to be one of the best in the league, it's it's something that that can definitely happen, even if you're one of the other best teams in the league. But yeah, um yeah, that's uh that, that I think I saw a tweet earlier that uh Tage Thompson's numbers for his first 145 games have since been eclipsed by the amount of points that he's gotten just this season. Yep, yep, you yep. are correct with that. Yeah, in 145 um, games, he had less points overall than he's acquired just this season. Uh, so, if that is not the uh, v- biggest vote of confidence in, uh, you know, what Donnie Meatballs can do with uh, mm-hmm. this uh, wealth of young talent, uh, again, we need depth to back those kids up. But uh, of those uh, five or six very young, promise, 
young, promising kids, you know, future's looking good. Darlene's looking better than ever. Thompson's on a heater. Uh, Dylan Cousins, you know, he sometimes his game's on, sometimes his game's off. I honestly just think he's tried to skate through the entire team too often. Like, a mm-hmm. lot of his zone entries, I just feel like he's trying to just, like, barrel right through. And he's a big boy. I believe he's, like, 6'3". It's not like he's a tiny guy. But also, when you got three or four skaters in front of you trying to block your entry, like, you're probably not going to get it in. No, and, you're not. Definitely not. Um, and, I, and, yeah, I mean, I feel like it was working maybe earlier in the season, that method. He was definitely really good at zone entries, but – I've just been seeing him getting tied up in that way a lot. Like he gets to the blue line, he gets met by three people. He tries to like out deke them all. And you know, one of those three sticks just has enough to take them off it. And it's like, well, okay. And now it just goes the other way. Um, and I could definitely see the frustration growing in his game, but I also feel like Dylan Cousins is the kind of kid that like, he wants, he kind of wants that to like stoke the fire inside of him to just kind of, it's going to like be that fire lit under his ass to just like, grind it out twice as hard mm-hmm. so uh but yeah a lot of these young kids are just doing things that are you know shit that we would not expect any of these kids to have been able to be capable of you know this time last year when we were you know i think we were starting to chug along into that 18 game losing streak i believe that didn't end until the end of last march so this would have probably been like game four or five and it's like oh boy this is no good no i'm not good at all we had no idea how bad it was gonna get but this is not good. No. Um, you know, and maybe we'll see what Owen Power brings to that, you know, to this team once uh, he does, you know, again, according to Elliot Freeman <laughs> on After the Whistle, does sign. And, you know, I've kind of yeah. talked to a few people that I know uh, from the Michigan hockey scene, and they seem pretty confident that Owen will sign as well uh, at the uh, at the close of the college season. Yeah. So, um, you know, what number is he going to wear? Hopefully it's a number that uh, is on a former player's jersey in the Sabres store where you can just get a quick nameplate change and save yourself a buck, a buck well, or two. Uh, if Jack Quinn's claimed 22 as he tried to at the beginning as his few starts this year, we can't use 22. 23 is currently Matias Sanderson. Well, well, for, well, first off, you can't. You, you shouldn't say you can't use 22 because it is Owen Power. He's first overall. Yeah, that guy kind of supersedes every any anybody really yeah. on the roster right now. Uh, so if he wants 22, you know, he could probably have a, a, a conversation with Jack and be like, listen, man, hand it over. You know. Yeah, but I could also see Owen being the kind of guy that's just like, it's just a number. They're gonna know my number once I get on the ice. So who cares what Maybe. I wear? Maybe maybe he goes with I, 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 I could see him being the kind of guy that's just like, all right, fuck it. I'll go with like 44. I'll just double it. I would look twice 44. as good. I'm a, I, I'm a big fan of the number 44. That'd be a great I I, That would look great on him. But yeah, if Overall nothing season. else, I could, yeah. I, I, I think if nothing else, Owen Power could be the perfect guy to be the quarterback that Dahlien is on the first power play unit and that second power play unit. Because I think that's ultimately like a lot of what he does in the Michigan. It just takes a lot of pressure off Dahlien too. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I mean, obviously, Darlene is, like, a really good first power play unit quarterback. Like, he does a really good job of what he does up there. And, I mean, he also has Peyton Krebs now to work with on that first unit. But I think Owen Power, I mean, just you can see over most of the players he has to play against. I feel like that alone gives him some vision. But I feel like he's been serving in that role in Michigan. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. if you can find a guy like Cousins or, you know, middle stat or somebody on that second unit because I think the first unit's the very obvious Tuck Skinner, Thompson, Darlene, Krebs, 
that's that's your first unit, right? So correct. Yeah, so probably Victor Olison, Kyle Eposo, Dylan Cousins, some other jabroni that I can't think about right now, and then Owen Power doing the doing the legwork. Probably Rasmus Asplund. I feel like I've seen here's him. A, here's here's well, there. fresh off one of their trades earlier in the week. Uh, obviously, we saw the uh, a uh, a trade between uh, Arizona and the Toronto Maple Leafs that saw. Um, I'm just bringing it up right here. We know Ryan Dezingle was part of that deal going back uh, to Toronto mm -hmm. along with uh, defenseman Ilya Lepushkin. Um, mm -hmm. But then Toronto for, in, in return for Nick Ritchie and their choice of a either third round selection in mm -hmm. 2023 or a second round selection in 2025. Um, again, those, that's the breakdown of the trade from, uh, from a day or two ago. Uh, between Toronto and the Arizona Coyotes, but I am just getting, they are not done. Well, well, Dezingle was put on waivers by the, uh, um, excuse me. <coughs> oh, wow. <coughs> I apologize. Um, and, I and I think that that was very strictly cap dump. Worst case, yeah, was somebody, picks, well, somebody picks him up and then you don't have to worry about his cap well, anyway, or you just bury him on the Marlies. Well, you don't have to worry about Dezingle, his cap. Dezingle was placed on waivers and claimed by San Jose. So they oh, get some cap relief okay. there. Um, San Jose. The, 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 the Nick Ritchie cap relief too, him coming off their books. Uh, but um, we have uh, just received former uh, Buffalo Sabres goaltender Carter Hutton has been traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs for <laughs> <laughs> Carter Hutton on his way to the uh, to the Toronto Maple Leafs for future considerations. So, but why? <laughs> but why though? I don't know. I'm sorry, I mean, but they have Mrazek. They have Campbell. Who's ha Campbell is having a great year. Um, maybe just some uh, some insurance with the Marlies. I I'm not too sure. Like, is there a head scratcher? Like. Are they going to send him down to the Marlies and bring up Wool again? Like what? 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 I don't know. <laughs> that, that literally, was just, somebody uh, seen double in the Toronto boardroom when they made this deal? Because that's the only reason to trade for Cross Eye Hutton. I'm sorry. Hutton. Yeah, but like um, he's he's still the, like, and I know that I'm saying this as a Sabres fan who has some of the worst goaltending in the league this year. He's even worse. Yeah. Why? Carter Hutton is not a good goaltender anymore. In the past, yes, he's uh he's been very serviceable. Uh even early on with Buffalo, he was very serviceable. But uh last season he was just a shell of the goalie he once was. Um obviously um <laughs> I it's not a scratch for me. I, I don't know why Carter Hutton I, I need an explanation for this. For future considerations. Yeah, can we get Steve Dangle on the show to explain the rationale behind this? At Steve. Maybe there's another trade coming on the pipeline too. The, you know, if that's you, not in this week's dang it, so I'm gonna there, be there's gotta confused. be there's there, there's gotta be another trade incoming. There's gotta be something else out of the way because that doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah. Uh, I just some, some of the some some of the some of the uh comments on the uh Toronto uh the Toronto announcement of the trade. Um, weird, but okay. Gonna miss you, future considerations. Good luck in Arizona. <laughs> uh, Carter Hutton has been placed on waivers. Montreal claims Carter Hutton. Trade in Edmonton for a first-round pick. They need a goalie. 
just a lot of the snark in the uh, in the in the thread in Toronto is pretty funny. And Seth, then on the on the Arizona post, it's pretty great. Uh, Dubas faces you again. Yeah, you sure face that seven forty one save percentage. percentage, and he's thirty six years old. This is great. <laughs> so Carter Hutton is now a Toronto Maple Leaf. He's the imagine, all of imagine in some in some universe, man. Imagine in some universe. That Toronto um, makes it out of the first round with Carter Hutton between the pipes. No, That's how no, you know that the world like, is even on the, bench, <laughs> even on the bench. Imagine Toronto Maple Leafs winning in, in, in some weird universe. Toronto winning the Stanley Cup this year, and Carter Hutton somehow getting a Stanley Cup ring. I will, I, I will buy a Carter Hutton Maple Leaf. Never happen if but. that dude makes a playoff start and wins. And the Maple Leafs win the Stanley Cup. It doesn't even have to be in the Stanley Cup Finals, but if he gets one start in any series and wins the game, and Toronto is our Stanley Cup champions, yeah. I will buy a Carter Hutton jersey and I will wear it to the next year's Sabres home opener. You can you can clip this all you want because I'm pretty sure that shit's not going to happen. It's but I will do it. It might be. It might. I'll call Carter the rules to get a Chinese knockoff jersey, but you know, save myself a little money. But I will buy and own that jersey and wear it in public on purpose. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm perplexed, but there, there's got to be some other trade coming down the pipeline because because it may doesn't make a ton of sense. You, need, uh, you really need Nancy Drew. There's a mystery here, and I need. Yeah, a, it's, it's ridiculous. Carter <laughs> Hutton to Toronto Maple Leafs for future considerations. Um, would rather have Malcolm Subban still um, yep. for, for the same price. So, um, yeah, Malcolm's a fun dude. Didn't have yeah. that many great starts, but he seems like a fun enough guy. Had the like, save of the I, year. Don't mind, I don't mind having him in the locker room. Had the save yeah, of the dude. year without a doubt. He did. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, uh, save the, oh yeah. God, so much yep. shit happens. I keep forgetting. That was so good. The back uh, glove save that we didn't even see in real time. It wasn't until it was slowed down and, and, and slowed down uh, after the play that you realized what uh, Malcolm Subban did. And yeah, let uh, me just make it my went viral out of place and went viral that night and the next day. So, you know, <laughs> I still think about that probably once a day. That save was just unreal. Yeah. Uh, it's, well, we it's touched difficult. on that. We've touched on obviously again, Owen, Power, what he's going to bring to the Sabres lineup, uh, you know, power play, uh, how many, what's going to be expected or asked from him uh, coming into uh, his first stretch of games at the, at the pro level. Um, who is he going to play with? You know, that's another question too. Um, that is a really good question. You know, he, as a left-handed defenseman, his options are what Mark, I, I, I could see him sliding with, with Pissick. I could see that being the, the, them two, uh, the second pairing, and Dolls and uh, Yoki Haru still being your first pairing. Yeah, I mean that is contingent on uh, Pizik not getting dealt to the headline at the deadline. I think uh, that's true. That's true too. I, I, you know, I don't think that there's going to be any uh, shortage of people asking for a stay-at-home, no bullshit, low-event defenseman that plays on the right-hand side like Mark Pizik. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. Obviously, I would like the interest to be more in Colin Miller, but since he's injured right now, there's really. I think he still gets dealt. Yeah, I mean, he still gets dealt, but there's not a lot, not as much to advertise that, like, oh, yeah, see, like, he still can do things. I still think Colin Miller is probably one of the better right handed defensemen available at the deadline right now. And I still think, even with him being injured, a team will pay a premium, especially if Buffalo is um, willing to retain 
most of the salary. Um, there is a premium to be paid for right-handed defensemen. It's a numbers game. You know, there's more left-handed defensemen than there are right. And uh, I think that uh, maybe you do see uh, a team willing to give up a second-round pick for a Colin Miller, which is a win in my book, if you ask me. Yeah, I'm perfectly okay with that. I got no qualms with that. I mean, hell, if we can get a first, if we retain, shit, I'll retain. Per uh, per Steve Dangle, just 35 seconds ago, Michael Hutchinson is an 896 save percentage in the AHL, so that's why they got the free goalie. <laughs> the free goalie. That's funny. Uh, that's funny. So um, that there's oh, your explanation my- right there. Uh, maybe uh, there is another deal coming down the pipeline. I, I love the shade thrown by Jay Fresh. Carter mm-hmm. Hutton acquired by Toronto. Oh, dear. <laughs> and it's just his stat card and everything is in – almost every single stat is just in the red. Oh, my I God. I hope Carter doesn't have social media. I really don't. You know, stay off it, buddy. He's a nice guy, too. He, he's yeah, a really genuinely nice guy. He takes a lot of shit for his time, the back end of it his career in Buffalo, but he is a really nice guy. So I hope you don't look at social media, man. And, uh, you know, I stay away no, from it. I hope no sports play like anyone in professional sports or basically just anybody famous stay off social yeah. media. Like you'll, you'll save yourself so many headaches from like sweaty dudes who have literally never played at the game a day in their life. Trying to tell you that you're a bum. Just like, just keep enjoying being a millionaire that gets to play a game for a living. Like your life rules so much harder than everybody on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Just stay off it. And I say this as we broadcast to Twitter that your lives are way cooler than ours. <laughs> I uh, I'm so excited. I just I'm I'm reading more stuff about Owen. Just so excited for this kid to get here. Um, oh, I can't man, say it's enough. Gonna be, it's gonna be. And so I do much believe fun. you guys own some wings. If yes, we do from when we had him on the show. Uh, we got to make him a blue cheese guy for sure. So I oh, can't remember oh. if he said ranch or not, if he was a ranch. No, that, I think I think that, that was, was Aaron Huglin. Yeah, that would have been just Huglin. Hugie said he was a ranch guy. Oh, I yeah. think Owen Power was like, honestly, I like barbecue wings the best. I'm like, yeah, that that's a fair answer. I think he was like, I know I need to say blue cheese, so I'm going to say blue cheese, but I usually just get barbecue wings. And I'm like, that <laughs> I can respect that. It's like you know what the right answer should be, but you're also going to give me your honest answer. I can appreciate that. Yeah, I can appreciate it too. And then let's just get real quick here before we wrap things up. Uh, Obviously, uh, the Sabres uh, dropped that game against Columbus 7-3. to Just a night and day effort from what they had the previous day against Colorado where you really saw a team against Colorado deserved to win. Should have won. Uh, but again, as we said before, due to lack of goaltending, uh, and you know, maybe some more help from the officiating, maybe they shouldn't have given a given um Morton a, a blank jersey during the pregame ceremony. Yeah, I uh, joked about that. That uh, that was why they threw the game. It's like you couldn't even get us something custom, couldn't yeah. even get it, couldn't it's, even get us a home look. jersey. You know, you're the home team. I know some people don't want to make a big deal. I it's like, who gives a shit? It's a jersey. It's a referee. The referee called a terrible game. Listen, it's it's just the the, the semantics of it, or the uh, you know, just the look of it is. is it's a bad look. Um, yeah, it's 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 bad PR. It, you got a guy reaching a milestone in your home, building, and you get outdone by the opposing team. It's like there, yeah. there's got to be some communication there between you and Colorado. 
Like, there's a reason why he chose to hold the Colorado jersey because it was so much nicer. And it looked like Buffalo just grabbed a jersey from the Sabres store 10 minutes before puck drop and passed it off, passed it around the locker room after warm-ups. Like, hey, let's get this guy something. Whoops, we forgot. Somebody spotted the jersey uh, Colorado was giving him. It's like, holy shit, we got to do something here, guys. We got, we can't get out done in our own building. Let's let's yeah. get up, let's get him on his Bjork's autograph on a on a, yeah. on a away jersey. What would so be amazing that. is if they had old players in the in the Saber store because then you literally just have to turn Horton into Morton. It's, it's right, right there. You're already almost done. You just have yep. to customize one letter. Yeah, and like I don't know, put on the Saber's tooth paw instead of uh. Instead of Tim Horton's number. Yeah, I guess or just Come you know Come they on, have guys man. on staff there though that can do that. Like yeah, you know like, you know, you saw when when David Ayers went in and be, the legend of Dave, David Ayers, you know, uh began uh against Carolina. Carolina was able to whip up a quick David Ayers jersey in a matter of mo- minutes. So there's no reason Buffalo couldn't have done something real quick. Um it's just laziness, just lack of attention to detail. And it wasn't – I can care less about the what with the ref or what the ref's done. That's not the issue for me. The issue for me is just you knew this was coming. You knew this was a big deal. 1,000 games uh, officiated. You know, no one's asking you to do what Galasano did for Teppo Newman. And when Teppo Newman played his 1,000 game, Galasano came down and gave him a Rolex, a really nice custom-made Rolex. You're just asking him to custom, customize a jersey – do something different. I don't know, man. Just it was a bad look, and it's not. It's not the ref that I'm mad about. It's not the lack of, you know, paying homage to such a milestone. What pisses me off is just it's just another black eye for this organization and what they've they the, like the miniature failures they've had over the years. You know, in terms of off the ice stuff, just you know. Yeah. You know the team's not going to be good on the ice, so do everything you can to, off the ice to make yourselves not an embarrassment. And it was just embarrassing. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. an embarrassment to me. You know, some people can argue with me all they want and say it isn't, but it is. It's an it's an embarrassment to me. So yeah, no, it's just another uh, glaring example that, as far as this team is concerned, uh, to the Bagulas, it's an afterthought. Mm-hmm. It's not a top priority. It's and uh, if it was, they wouldn't have, you know, handed. Handed an official play refing their 1000th game a fucking blank jersey that any schmuck could right. pull off the rack. Literally, you don't have to actually care, but as the owners of the club, it's actually your you job to you pretend care. to care. Yeah, at least go through the motions the of caring. You don't have to actually be invested, but you still got to play just, the part. Exactly. Just, just literally, just put put forth an effort. That's all we ask. Put give an effort. Uh, make yourself or hire a president of hockey ops to do that yeah. job for you and leave the team alone. Yes, ah! exactly, Steve. Just fucking do it already. Jesus, you did I'm it with the, the bills and the bills are good. You can do the same thing. Hire somebody to run your hockey team. Like a fucking hockey team. Sorry. No, but it's fine. No, fuck. no, I appreciate the passion. Okay. I've, I've had this argument a thousand times. Like, if you want yeah. to just be billionaires and get credit for doing nothing, that's great. But hire the people that know how to do something and let them do it. This is just not sustainable. It's just fucking, no. you know, no, to no, quote he, the he, coach he, in Letterkenny, it's fucking embarrassing. And if, the, and if the rumors are true that the team is, uh, the portion of this team is for sale, like I've heard 49% of the team is for sale. If that's the case, then now you have people to answer to. You know what? You, Kim Pugula should step down. She should step aside. 
because now you have, you know, investors, you know, to answer to, and they're not going to want Kim Pagula running this hockey team anymore. Put somebody in place that's going to put forth uh, a better effort and put all their focus on this team and everything surrounding this team, whether it's in-game entertainment, in-game presentation, fucking hot dog vendors, the color of the seats, whatever. Like, somebody that's going to pay attention to every little small detail that you've been lacking for a decade now. So, but let's get into that game. You know, it was, it was the Colorado game was, you know, an unbelievable effort. You saw a a hat trick from Tage Thompson again, just an unbelievable shot. Guy has an absolute piss missile. Every time he, that, that puck releases off his tape, it's, you know, it's, out of uh what's it called uh a, a stream whatever it is behind it what is it jet stream jet stream yeah it's got a jet stream behind it it's got a, yeah it's got a jet stream but, but yeah uh, every single one of those last four goals that he scored i don't think the puck rested on his stick for more than half a second it's just and those are the shots that are beating the goaltenders it's not the one where you're looking for that third or fourth pass to get that little tip you've got a lane you don't hesitate you just fucking rip it Yep. And boom, you just went from 16 to 20 goals in 24 hours, basically. You got your first NHL hat trick. Stop forgetting that you know how to shoot the puck and just shoot the damn thing. Shoot if you got a lane, yeah, it's not rip. selfish to shoot it if you got a good shot. Grip and shoot rip, it. Baby. It's grip fine. That's what we want so, to pay you to do. You know, like I, I forget if it was, it might have been Brett Hall said, so half the time when he scored, he wasn't even looking at the net. He was just grip and rip. So, um, I, uh, you know, you saw an unbelievable effort from Buffalo, uh, 60 minute effort, you know, in that game against Colorado that came up short. And then you saw just a complete dud against the Columbus Blue Jackets losing seven to three. I know majority of those goals came late in the third period, but you know, (laughs) it's just like, it it, it didn't belong out there. It looked like they just had, did not have energy or the jump right off the opening face off. Um, they had once again, a lead two to one. Gave it up almost immediately when Jason, uh, when uh, when Voracek scores, Jacob Voracek scores to tie the game, and they really never had a chance after that. They went uh, went down four to two, or was it? It was uh, four two, and then or yeah, five. No, it's five two, and then they made it five three on that phantom Kyle Ocposo goal. Krebs getting roughed roughed up behind the net, and during that whole scrum, puck ends up between the legs of uh, JF Barube. A uh, guy making his first, uh, getting his first win uh, since 2018, uh, an AHL backup goaltender who I don't think that morning even knew he was going to be playing in an NHL hockey game that day and comes in, plays very well. I think he made like 36 saves and, you know, Sabres lose uh, seven to three and we all got to lose another game to an AHL goaltender. And it sucks. I mean, a lot that, that can be said. Same things can be said about uh, for, to other teams too. Teams who have lost to Michael Hauser and Dustin Tokarski this season. Uh, that's happened uh, in our favor too, where we have teams losing to our AHL goaltenders. But I mean, it was just there was no sense of urgency at all during that game. And I, uh, I, I Kyle Ocposo said it best in the post game that you know we've. Played. Everybody has to play back to backs. It's not an excuse. He pointed to a game uh, on the the back end of a back uh, back and back to back 
against Minnesota where they played very well and beat Minnesota and uh, from earlier in the season. And it was, uh, you know, he said, not an excuse. And it isn't an excuse, man. It's something they go through every year. Every team goes through it. You should not show up with that type of a lack of energy and lack of awareness in your own end, especially their, their play in their own end was atrocious. You know, a lot of puck watching, a lot of chasing, a lot of windshield wipers with your sticks, you know, not being physical in front of your own, not mm-hmm. giving Ann Anderson absolutely zero help all game. So very, very pathetic and pitiful uh, effort in that second game. Yeah, it was definitely one of the few games I saw where it just kind of seemed like they gave up after a certain point, which is something that we saw a lot last year, obviously. Um, so I guess to that end, it definitely wasn't quite a Kruger night, but it was Kruger adjacent. And I'll say that because of exactly what you just brought up. Kyle Ocposa's presser after that game explaining that, you know, back-to-backs aren't an excuse. Our star defenseman being out of the lineup, that's not an excuse. This was a collective effort from top to bottom that none of us came out there to truly win this game. And that's that's the problem, and that's what needs to get better, which is a long ways away from it is what it is at a press conference after losing a dud of a game. Uh, So, you know. To that end, yeah, to that end, it's nice to see that, uh, you know, even for a guy that's, you know, after next year, his contract's up, it's, you know, nice to see him care again, you know, and it's nice mm-hmm. to see that he does have that passion. And I think that's that intangible that he brings to the locker room that, like, you know, his game hasn't always shown it, but this year he's really, you know, he's finding his voice. He's finding that leadership. He's, you know, he's doing a lot better than he's done in years past. Is it worth $6 million? Not so much. But, I mean, it's nice to see the guys that you pay money to do things genuinely care. And that's nice. So, again, it's not quite a Kruger output because, you know, it wasn't everybody just shit in the bed and skating around the ice with their tail between their legs for 60 minutes and then Ralph Kruger feeding us something about some bullshit moral victories like shut up dude no that was just crap you know it was crap stop trying to convince us it was anything but crap which is exactly what the players did it's like nope that was just bad we had a shitty night we played poorly we all played poorly i'm not gonna blame anybody i'm not gonna blame the circumstances we just played bad and i don't think donnie you know you know donnie had some nice things to say but he was like yeah that just uh that was not a complete effort that's not the game that we play you know, we've seen it. We've played better. And tonight was not a night where we played to our standard of excellence that we've been trying to set this year. And, you know, I mean, obviously consistency is the biggest, uh, the biggest hurdle that this team has had to climb over. But, uh, you know, at the very least, even when they do lose, they give a shit that they lost. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as somebody, you know, I just moved here this summer. And at this point, I've already been to eight home games. And- More than me, buddy. Yeah, I, owe, um, I, I next one's on me too. Maybe it'll be that <laughs> Vegas Golden Knight game. Yeah, I mean, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing that uh, Florida Panthers game either. A couple days before, yeah, that's true. That's what true. a while! Return, you know, there are a lot of good games coming in March. A lot of good so. teams coming through town. But uh, their next game is uh, in Montreal against Montreal uh, Wednesday at seven thirty, and then Friday against the Blues. And then Sunday against the Stars. So after that Montreal game, you have a really tough mat, uh, tough stretch of games. Uh, the Maple Leafs uh, after that, the Wild, the Kings, you know, so-and-so games. And then, like you said, the Panthers, then straight into the Golden Knights on March 10th, where we expect to have on Bucci 
from ESPN Plus uh, on us the night before uh, on March 9th. So stay tuned for that. That'll be a fun episode. Can't wait to talk to Mr. Chicken Parm himself, uh, Mr. College Hockey. Uh, excited. Maybe we'll do a giveaway uh, leading into that uh, that episode too. You, know, you get some uh, some Bucci swag or something along those lines. So stay tuned for that. But I uh, I'm excited. You know um, to for this news about Owen Power. Biggest reason why we decided to go live tonight. Yeah. Um, Sabres fans should be really excited knowing that that's on the horizon. Uh, maybe they'll pay a little bit more attention to what's going on in Michigan too with the ter- upcoming tournament. Um, and I hope we can try and find a way to get to a game there before his college career ends because we'll still have the, the, a reason to go see Portillo next year, but I'd like to see both of them if we can. That is an interesting question to ask. Uh, if if Michigan does win the, does win the big tourney, does Eric Portillo stick around for that? I think he does. Yeah, I think he stays for one more year. I don't. I don't see him signing uh, yet. I think. I still think. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's better for him to stay another year. Maybe even the same for Devin Levi. I, I know he's really just been absolutely dominant uh, in terms of his numbers uh, with yeah, Northeastern. I, I, but I also think Devin's younger. I think. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Devin's a sophomore, if I'm not mistaken. There's and, no uh, reason to rush either of these kids. Portillo's Portillo's no junior. Yeah, I mean, oh, I'm not I, trying to, I'm not trying to rush him, but I guess I'm also just asking, like, if I were Eric Portillo and I just won the ship, you yeah. know, do I do I try well, to move on to my next yeah. challenge in my career? I don't think I stick with the team yet. and go with my development. You know, it's, you know, it's a question I've never had to ask myself because I'm not a professional athlete, but you know, it would it would be kind of interesting to see if, uh, you know, maybe he walks away from the college level, and wants to see how he measures up with the. Uh, the full grown adults at the next best level. It's tough to say. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, just, um, I, I just, I don't see any reason with UPL being here next year and you expect him to be part of a, I'm assuming a, a goaltender committee with a 1A, 1B situation, depending on who they get in the offseason. Or maybe they do bring back Craig Anderson again. I don't know. I actually think Craig gets dealt at the deadline. That's just me, though. I think he's had a good enough year at Buffalo where he might be brought into an organization as a to bring stability as, as a backup or maybe be a part of a, commit, of a committee too. You see that you never know what could happen. You see the Robin Leonard injury in Vegas that's really uh, hurt them in that. Um, you see what's going on in Edmonton with Koskinen and Mike Smith. I mean, what they have going on there is not not good enough in my opinion. There's a lot of teams that could probably use a little, another stable netminder at least in the room, uh, but we'll see. And then uh, before we wrap up here, Buffalo Buttes playing in their the first ever women's outdoor pro game over here in Buffalo uh, at Riverworks, winning three nothing. Carly Jackson getting her first career professional shutout. Couple clicks for her. Uh, Let's go. Great performance, uh, top to bottom by the Buttes on their home rink. Uh, not their home rink, but you know at home here in Buffalo uh, to a good a, a good a turnout at Riverworks. So. Good for them. Good for the Buttes. Uh, yeah. Women's hockey is really starting to uh, really starting to uh, come around. Uh, I want to say come around, but really starting to grow quite a bit. Be, be and, a bigger uh, force in the hockey. Exactly. Exactly. People, more Which people is- are paying attention. You see more people tweeting, uh, tweeting about it. So, uh, with that being said, uh, this has been episode eighty-six. Two goalies, one mic. Brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case. Get over to George Room Boulevard. Uh, I'm sure you've seen a lot of the promos. Conzi, Joe Conzi, been cutting for Outlet Liquor. 
Uh, exactly. Be sure to uh, uh, get that corner over there. Get over to Outlet Liquor and George Urban Valor for all your adult beverage needs. And uh, just remember, uh, this has been episode 86, Two Goalies and Mike. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, YouTube. Please hit that subscribe button, that like, leave a comment. helps us with the algorithm, get noticed out there in the podcasting world, the hockey podcasting world. So if you're really doing us a favor, uh, a huge service, if you uh, like and subscribe wherever you listen or watch your podcast. So with that being said, Steve, I'm all, I'm a lot of stuff to talk about. You got anything else? Um, I will say uh, any time that Buffalo gets to beat Toronto at sports is great. So once again, congrats to the Buttes. Yeah. And those, uh, those outdoor game sweaters they wore today, a little bit different from the normal sweater. Looked real nice. I that, know. That, that, that'd be a nice sweater to own. You know, I think it would really make the blue of my eyes pop. Not quite Marty Baron pop, but still be pretty nice. Agreed. I, yeah, I uh, I personally, I, I'm excited for uh, the upcoming uh, Robert Pattinson Batman movie. Uh, already bought my tickets for the second night. I'm a big uh, Batman nerd here. When does that actually come out? Uh, March 4th, but I'm seeing it the, the, the second day. So, um, I you know, the tickets that were available on opening night were like right up against the screen. I'm like, they're not going to sit up there like this and uh, <laughs> try and watch Batman. Uh, you know, but that movie looks unbelievable. Everything about it looks great. And I'm excited to see it. So yeah. Is uh, it Paul Dano playing the Riddler? He is Paul Dano. Uh, you got Colin Farrell playing the, uh, the, the penguin doesn't even remotely look at all like Colin Farrell. You know, what he looks like, I don't know if anyone remembers the show. Um, it was called Spin City. Uh, it had Michael J. Fox on it, and then when Michael Jake uh, had uh, was it Parkinson's disease? Is that what he has? I never saw the shakes. But he left the show, and Charlie Sheen took over as the lead role on, on Spin City. There was a, a, a an actor. Well, his character's name was Paul Lasseter. He looks just like Paul Lasseter. But, you know, he has the no, but like it looks nothing like Colin Farrell. So excited to see that. Um, everything I've seen about this, uh, you know, the, from the uh, the dirt, the, the, the comic book nerd uh, dirt sheets on YouTube, the YouTube channels I watch, everything about it looks phenomenal. Um, I'm excited. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit there and say this is going to be the greatest Batman movie of all time because it's got a lot to live up to between Michael Keaton and Christian Bale. Even Ben Affleck, I thought Ben Affleck was a good Batman. I just thought he was put in a, a tough spot with, uh, you know, with DC and the way they rushed those movies, trying to catch up with Marvel. So, um, but I'm excited um, and I uh, can't wait. But uh, I'm all done with for stuff to talk about, and I'm gonna sit here, eat some, uh, uh, you know, some junk food, and watch uh, Monday Night Raw. Right on. I'm so. going to start looking up an eggplant parm recipe, so I'm ready for you know, the get ready for Bucci. Yeah, I love it. Got to get ready. Anyways, this, has been, guys, this has been episode 86. Two goal is one mic. Remember, uh, Outlet Liquor, place to buy a case. Subscribe, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate it. And let's go, Sabres. Hey, everybody, it's Dwayne from Two Goalies, one Mike here to remind you that we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. So please make sure you subscribe, hit the notification button, so whenever we go live or drop an episode, you're the first ones to know. And, of course, can you give us a five-star review? Really appreciate it. Helps us get noticed in the world of hockey podcasting. Does go a long way, and we really do appreciate it, and we appreciate you for listening. And while you're at it, 
please make sure you check out any of the podcasts with Trainwreck Sports Network and, of course, Dean Blundell's Podcasting Network. Guys have a ton of great content, great podcasts uh, for you to listen to, no matter what like your forte is, what sport it is, or just you know music. You know, I know they have a ton of different stuff on all of their platforms. So make sure you check that out. And thank you for listening. And you guys have a great day. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.